This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, brain aneurysm through the eyes of a survivor. First of all, I called my mom to say goodbye because it was that bad that I thought, I'm going to die. This is the worst thing ever. And she said, go to the hospital. I thought, that's a $50 copay. I'm not going to the hospital. Relearning everything after a brain aneurysm when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week. This week on Viewpoints. We need to talk about real issues in science fiction, including race. You can't just erase this question. And so, so much of her work was in part about writing herself and people like her into a future that didn't necessarily have a ton of place for them. Lost Races of Science Fiction. Then... It's the exact opposite of a dysfunctional family. That's why I loved it as a kid. The Honey Bus, a memoir of loss, courage, and a girl saved by bees. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes, and Stitcher. Back in March of 2004, Janet Sutherland Madden was living in Columbus, Ohio, and having a lot of headaches. It happened every spring, so she didn't think much of it. This time of year, most people have sinus infections or the flu. You're transitioning from winter to spring, and everyone comes down with the flu or sinus infections. I come down with sinus infections always. So I self-medicate, of course, and I go to urgent care to get antibiotics, but I have constant headaches. So I would just take aspirin and aspirin. I was taking aspirin and Tylenol like three and four times for a couple months. But then one afternoon when she was out walking her dog, she suddenly had a headache that no aspirin could help. What she says was the worst headache of her life, the worst she could imagine. And she knew she was in deep trouble. First of all, I called my mom to say goodbye because it was that bad that I thought, I'm going to die. This is the worst thing ever. And she said, you're having a stroke. Go to the hospital. I thought, it's a $50 copay. I'm not going to the hospital. Dumb. So um, I called 911 when it was rupturing. What is your emergency? I'm at home. I have a worse headache on my planet. I need help. Is anybody there with you? No, I'm by myself. But though Janet was unconscious by then, paramedics had a good idea what was going on and that they had to get her to the hospital fast. She'd passed along to the 911 operator one key piece of information. The worst headache of my life, yes. That's the trigger of any EMT or any paramedic, any firefighter that hears that on the scanner. They'll immediately know that's a brain aneurysm rupturing. As Janet explains in her book, Nose Over Toes, an aneurysm is a ballooning of a blood vessel. About 30,000 brain aneurysms rupture each year and are the most common cause of a type of stroke called a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Most aneurysms are not at risk of bursting, but many people unknowingly have them. One in 50 people have brain aneurysms. 
A brain aneurysm ruptures every 18 minutes. African-Americans will rupture twice as many times as Caucasians. That also includes Latinos. So there are unknowns out there that people are not aware of. African-Americans are at greater risk of a rupture because they suffer from high blood pressure at about twice the rate of whites. Unfortunately, ruptured brain aneurysms are fatal about 40 percent of the time. When Janet arrived at the hospital, doctors said she only had about a 3 percent chance of survival. So why did she live when so many others don't? I asked that same question, and they say my age and my health condition was pretty good. I called 911, and the paramedics got to it in time because they knew that it was a brain aneurysm, which was lucky. And they had been trained in a class knowing how to recognize a brain aneurysm. That's the key there, and that's why it is almost a miracle is they got to me in time, and they got me to the right hospital in time, and doctors knew that it was a brain aneurysm. There are statistics that show that a lot of fatalities occur because people do not get to the hospital in time and die. However, her recovery was rough. She was in a coma for three weeks and woke up in less than perfect shape. My hands are tied to the bed. I'm blind, but I don't want to tell everyone I'm blind because I'm hearing how distraught everyone was. And I thought, I hate to tell everyone that I can't see. You know, I live, but I'm just, I can't, my legs are falling. My legs are falling out of the bed and my arms are falling out of the bed. I can't see. This was right after the Iraq war started. And I thought, well, I'm obviously a prisoner of war. My doctor was, I thought, was Saddam Hussein. It was Dr. Shahadi. And I thought, geez, I must be in Iraqi prison camp or something. I was very delusional, and it was very scary for everyone. And it was just confusing for me. And I couldn't see a number when it was up. So I faked that I could see. I used my nose and my ears. About two-thirds of those who survive a ruptured brain aneurysm will suffer a brain impairment of some type. Janet recovered her sight, but with damage in the right side of her brain, her left side remained partially paralyzed. Today, she walks with a cane. But she says it might have been worse. After doctors repaired that artery, they discovered she had another one threatening to explode on the other side. There was an aneurysm on the left side. The left side would affect the cognitive and my ability to talk. I didn't find out that they didn't do anything about the left side. They saw the left side aneurysm when they clipped the right side, and then they decided to wait until I healed to take care of the left side. When I found out how the left side would affect me, I said, fix that right away, because I don't want to lose the ability to talk or anything, because I knew my chances of working or anything were going to be done. So they coiled, which is a slinky you know, that they put in the aneurysm. And then began the long, grueling task of rehab. I will tell people, you really don't realize how strong you are when you are handed something that's massively challenging. And you think, well, I've got to get myself out of this. As she recovered, it's no surprise that Janet wondered what had triggered her aneurysm. They run in families, but since she'd been adopted, she didn't know if that was true in her case. Her adoption agency tracked down her birth mother, who said that, yes, many women in her family had died of a stroke around age 40. But Janet says insurance won't pay for MRI screening based just on family history, even if it could prevent disaster. And she says it also often won't pay for needed assistive devices after the fact. I have a brace in my leg 
it wasn't approved by insurance companies because they don't recognize brain aneurysms as much as they should. I paid $5,000 out of my own pocket because there's not enough awareness for brain aneurysms. Janet Sutherland Madden's book, Nose Over Toes, is available now. You can find out more about it and all our guests at our website, radiohealthjournal.net. Our studio producer is Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment. May is American Stroke Month, and while not all strokes can be prevented, up to 80%, including recurrent strokes, may be, with a few changes, like not smoking, eating healthfully, being physically active, and maintaining a healthy weight. People who've survived one stroke are at a higher risk of having another, according to Dr. Mitchell Elkind of Columbia University. About one in every four stroke survivors will have another one. The best way to reduce your stroke risk is to live a healthy lifestyle and work with your doctor on a prevention plan. Also, ask your doctor if a daily aspirin or other medications for secondary stroke prevention are right for you. More than 116 million people in the U.S. have high blood pressure and fewer than half have it under control, putting them at increased stroke risk. Nothing causes more strokes than uncontrolled high blood pressure. Learn more at strokeassociation.org slash stroke month. If you listen to this program regularly, you probably know that this is National Blood Pressure Awareness Month. So, do you know your numbers? We know our phone numbers, our birth dates, our height and weight, but oddly, no one knows their blood pressure numbers. And you need to. That's the whole message from 120 Life, a new natural juice drink created to help improve your numbers. Doctors have known for years that substances like pomegranate, tart cherries, and teas can lower blood pressure naturally. 120 Life blended them together. When using it with other common-sense measures, many have seen better numbers within just 14 days. For how it works and what it might mean for you, visit their website, 120life.com. That's 120life.com. And sign up for the Better Numbers in Two Weeks trial pack. But you can do that tomorrow. What they want you to do today is find out your numbers. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-835-1478. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It will be towed away for free and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-835-1478. Donating is easy, and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-835-1478. That's 1-800-835-1478. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net. <laughs>